0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Movement Snack. I'm Dr. John Herding. Today, I want to talk about consistency over intensity. Um, consistency is going to win every single time. Um, the people that look the best, feel the best, have are in the best shape, lift the most, run the farthest, um, all of that stuff um, have gotten there because they've been consistent in their training. Um, they've shown up on the days that they didn't feel like showing up. Um, so often, um, you know, you don't, we don't feel like working out. We don't feel like going to the gym, but if you just follow, like I'll follow the five minute rule, I'll go and just move for five minutes. And if I still feel like I don't want to work out, then, you know, maybe that's just not your day to work out. But if you go and um, five minute, you just move for five minutes and then you, you know, you feel a little bit better and then you get into it and you're ready to work out. Um, most of the times for me, at least that's the case, you know, as long as you get moving, get the blood flowing. Um, your, your mindset will change and you'll feel like working out and And the people that get the best results are the ones that are most consistent. If you go to the gym for you know two months, three times a week and then you take a break for two months you're just going to end up right back to where you started um, but if you're three times a week consistently over a period of you know, six months, one year, two years, three years, that's where you're really going to see the progress um, so get up, get moving get to the gym, the days that um you don't feel like working out the most are the days that mean the most so make sure you hit them hard um until next time guys thanks a lot more year um
1: i played at msi and yeah that's
0: i don't so as you like what made you the decision to make the jump to travel baseball were you like you're playing a local rec league right um and then was it you just started to or you, like exhibit better skill, and you wanted to take it to the next level, or was that a natural progression of like your friends were doing it, or did you, were you recruited to play travel baseball at the time?
1: Uh, I think it was. It's a combination of those. It's the exposure that you get. You don't really get a lot of college exposure when you're just playing in like your youth league or anything like that. Um, I think that's. I mean, the. I don't know if the competition's better. I think it's more consistent across the board. Um, I think everybody is sort of at an even playing field when you switch to travel ball from your youth club.
0: Um, So am I right in saying, like, you looked at it from a point of view as, I like baseball, I want to continue to try to play through college, so this is the first step to kind of getting there and getting greater exposure?
1: It's the the biggest way that people get recruited. I mean, you don't really see kids getting recruited from, like, youth leagues or – like, they mainly get recruited through travel ball. Like, college coaches aren't coming to high school games. No. Uh, unless they've seen you through travel ball. Right. Like, if they've seen you right. at an event. Whereas, like,
2: football, like, coaches go watch high school football games. Yeah. You know, basketball, they go watch AAU basketball games. Right? Right. right. You know, baseball, travel baseball is pretty much the way you get to college baseball. That's how you get seen. That's how I got noticed. I'm sure that's why a lot of players are now gravitating towards playing travel baseball that are more serious because they want to play at the next level. Um, do you have any, I guess, like, regrets, like recommendations to yourself, you know, six, seven years ago? Things that you maybe do differently, maybe from a workout standpoint, maybe you would have w- wished you started earlier, or, you know, uh, took your, to your baseball training serious more, or right. have reached out to coaches more? Like, what would you, looking back, say, oh, I wish I would have done this?
1: I wish I would have been more realistic with what I – what I was capable of doing. Like, I was never going to be the kid that was going to an SEC school or an ACC school, so I shouldn't have – like, for a little while, I was focusing all my energy on, like, okay, like, these D1 or D2 showcases where I could have been more realistic in reaching out to the coaches that I reached out to.
0: And I think that's a huge thing with a lot of these kids coming up. I think – I mean, how many – does anybody know how many scholarships the average baseball team has?
1: 11.2.
0: I think. And how many of those are full? They have to spread those 11 scholarships out over 40 players, right? So you may have one stud that gets a full ride, if that, right? Otherwise, they're trying to spread out all those 11 scholarships over their 40-man team, and everybody's going for that money. Um, So I think that's huge, and you hear all the time people harping on academics first and and athletics second, and and it really is true, because there's really not a ton of money to go around once you start hitting college sports. And being, I think that's huge, Van Bell, is being realistic of, you know, the the number of people co- playing college baseball significantly dwindles from high school baseball, right? But then there's a huge difference between like D1 baseball and high school. Like that takes it down another couple percentage points, right? Um, so I think that's huge of being, like, say I wanna play, but. Where really are my skills? What level are they going to put me right. at? Yeah. How was the
2: like the competition in the game? Did the game change a lot going from like high school travel ball competition to college? Like what changes from that level?
1: I think just the game as a whole. I mean, if you go to a showcase event, how many times do you see a team down by a run get a guy on first, bunt him over, drive him in, and that's all that we Never. do? Yeah, that's all that we do in college baseball. I mean, you go into the last three innings and you're down by a run, you get a guy on, you're gonna have a small ball. Yeah. But travel ball, it's all about, it's not about winning, it's about showcasing. Right, right. Yeah, which got, I, I understand, yeah, skills. which I understand to an extent, but at the same time, I mean, I think it's sort of doing the kids that are coming into college a disservice because they've been in that environment of, it's not about winning, it's just about showcasing. It's right. about being the best guy out there. And then they come into college and guys get asked to lay down a sack bunt and, they're angry that it. they yeah well they can't do it or they're angry that they they're like why am i bunning right
2: Right. do you think travel ball has changed like landscape of today to like when you played you think it's a little different now or pretty much the same for sure
1: well i think when i was at the age where i started to get serious about travel ball it was when all of the stuff that is prominent now was just starting out like nobody was really playing travel ball and training like you train guys or having the resources that we have. So I think I got in there right at the beginning. And like when I started training with you, that's when I think I saw the, the biggest increase in my baseball skills.
2: Yeah. I do think there's more, would you say there's more travel teams now than there was when you played? 100%. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of Travel teams everywhere. Like I guess more competition from a travel team perspective. So um, I think that definitely changes, changes the game a little bit as well. do you think, from a physical perspective, were you physically ready to handle the college weight room and handle the physicality and the, the strength that's required? The the increasing games, you know, from a physical standpoint, because we see a lot of players that are either travel ball or you know college guys that come back and they might be a little banged up or tired, fatigued at the end of the season. Talk about like the physical demands of you know playing at the next level and how that maybe is different than
0: high school.
1: Um. Yeah. I mean sort of talking you up here. I think I was prepared for the the weightlifting portion of college because of the training that I did with you and through you. So I was ready for like the exercises, the weight, the, the movements and stuff like that. Um what was the last part that you said? I'm sorry. It's like the
2: length of the season, like college baseball is a long season. Yeah. Right. So like you have to be physically ready or you're gonna get hurt and break down towards the end of the season. So I feel like you know, a lot of players aren't prepared for that.
1: I, yeah, and, I mean, I think that's a portion of time management. Like, when you're – being in college is tough enough, as, like, with time management. But being an athlete, you sort of have to – you know that you have a tougher schedule than everyone else and you have to sort of be more mindful with your time. Um, sorry, I keep losing my train of thought. Um, I don't know if the increasing, I mean, the increasing games is what it is. You play a lot of games through the spring and summer right. as it is. Um, but in college, I don't, it's just different. Like the travel, you're traveling further. You're right. And I'm only D3, so I don't, I don't travel yeah, that I far. I yeah. right. like it's not like you're getting on a plane every weekend right, right, to go right. play a
0: conference game. Just so everyone knows, when did you start training with Rob? And what convinced you to start like a steady strength conditioning program to, to help prep yourself for the field? Uh,
1: I think it was I started my sophomore year of high school and that's when I started playing here and Rob was just starting here and we met and at first I didn't really like his workouts to be honest but then he I said something to him one day and he he changed it up on me he All made right. him a lot tougher
0: All right, good. have you ever had any injuries that popped up in the, in the middle of the season um, and if so like how do you know when to push through those or when to take a breather and let your body recover?
1: Uh, well, like, major injuries my freshman year, I broke my handmate in my wrist. Um, I only played three games and then got that removed. Um, but, like, pulled hamstrings, like, pulled groins, like, I've gone through, like, a little bit of that, but nothing major. I think when you know it's time to, like, go through it is when, I mean, if you're, like, in the playoffs or something like that, or if, if it's nothing too, like, if it's not, like, hampering you from walking or running, then I think that's when you push through it. Yeah. Um, How about if it
2: alters your performance?
0: Like if you feel like you know, you're not able to throw as hard or you're not able to sprint as hard or swing, are those things that would warrant you like taking a break?
1: Yes, but I think that's only if someone notices. Like if you're running and someone notices that like you're limping or something, that's when guys normally get. Because I don't think anybody's going to go in and say, hey, my, my hamstring's bothering me. I think I should sit out today. I don't really think anybody's going to do that. But with pitchers, I think it's more obvious because if a guy's going out there like, we had a kid on my team, was throwing, like, mid-80s, coming out, and then a couple weeks later he was, like, in the mid, like, upper 70s, low 80s, and his arm was just getting tired, so they shut him down for a little while, and then he came back and pitched phenomenal for us mm-hmm. in the playoffs. So I think it's more it's more easy to see with pitchers as opposed to guys that are just running or throwing, right. like position players-wise.
2: You could tell current
1: travel ball baseball players, one thing,
2: what would you tell them to do?
1: Um if I could tell a travel baseball player one thing. To play at the next level, what would you tell them to? Uh I think be prepared because it's different than it's different than what you're used to. I mean coming in you like I said before, you're coming in out of that travel ball environment and you're going in into an environment where it's not just about you anymore, it's about the it's about the team and it's about winning. So be prepared to to just, yeah, be adaptable. I mean, you just have to, you can't be so set in your ways and not like when your name's called upon for doing different things. Playing a different position, laying down a bunt, hitting a ground ball, like, just little things like that.
0: That's it. That's all I got. Thank you, Brendan. We appreciate you coming on and just giving some advice to some of the young up-and-comers. Some of my big takeaways were, um, like be realistic with where you might end up, um, and then be prepared, you know, for when you get to the next level and, and it changes a little bit and, um, especially college when you're taking that jump and now everybody's good, right? Everybody's on the same level. So just yeah. be prepared, um, for, for that jump. Um, cool. So thanks everyone for listening again. Hopefully this gives you a little bit of insight into, um, Division three college baseball players mindset and and travel baseball coming up. If you want any, have any topics for us to discuss or have any input, um, please shoot me an email at jherting at the dot um, Thanks again for listening, everyone. Until next time.